Oh, this week on Two Dynamite Dudes, Marcus and I recap an AEW Dynamite that had Andrade speaking superstar with Jim Ross, MMA cage fight between Wardlow and Jake Hager, Darby Allen trying to handle the handicap, Miro mean mugging against the Varsity Blondes and the potential feud with Brian Pillman Jr., the trio Frankie Kazarian, Eddie Kingston, and Penta L0M, and their hot fire tandemness, and much, much more, including video game talk. All right, it is two, two who? Two Dynamite Dudes with Attitude. D'Angelo of WrestleZone.com, and today's date is June 20th, 2021, and we are live, live, live. It is two, two, who? It is two Dynamite Dudes with Attitude, and it is a Father's Day for this degenerate, my degenerate brother, Marcus D'Angelo. Marcus, happy Father's Day to you, and happy uh, two Dynamite Dudes Day to you as well. Oh, what a day. What a momentous day, Dominic. Father's Day, we're recording live. You screwed up the first time around. Just <laughs> quite, a, quite, a, quite a day so far. You could say that about our father screwing up the first time around when he had me. I, I agree with that. Uh, Kevin Davis, are you still safe from the coronavirus? Yeah, things are going pretty well yeah. over here. Yeah, uh, we're both vaccinated, but also, you know, it's uh, things are kind of slowing down here in America. Um, I'm not sure where you're actually contacting us from. You might be. America. Yeah, for yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. But in any case, uh, yeah, things are things are uh, dialing back. So it's, we're, we're looking good over here. Yeah. And, you uh, know what was looking uh, good, too, as a matter of fact, was, uh, I think, Dynamite overall. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on this week's episode, A Late Night Dynamite, yet again? I'm going to say, for the most part, Dominic, this week of Dynamite sucked. Whoa. Sucked. Whoa. Wow. Holy smokies. Well, Marcus, um, I'm hosting this week, so I guess let's get into it. Hey, yeah, uh, once again, we're live. I know during Hell in a Cell of all times, we're really, uh, we're really going, taking the bull by the horns here and 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 lining up with the competition against WWE Hell in a Cell tonight at 8 p.m. Great F DJ gives it dynamite, or, or is he giving us a great F for going live during Hell in a Cell? Let's find it. out. Yeah, who knows? We'll we'll find out here, but. Yes, Marcus. So let's uh, let's start it off. I will start it off with probably what do I think is the big takeaway here this week? Um, oh yeah, let's do it this way. Jake Hager and uh, Wardlow in the MMA cage fight rules. Marcus, what did you think of this bout? Then I'll give you my thoughts. Uh, cool presentation. Both guys look like absolute beasts. Uh, the, the like just the w- opening it up, opening up the program to uh, you know that big octagon and you know that kind of intense vibe that was settling over the place. I'm like, all right, it was like kind of getting to the edge of my seat. Like, all right, this is different. Let's go. Um, I I thought the match was dumb. Um, Whoa. Okay. No, uh, thanks, DJ. No, we we were just messing around, man. Uh, you can but, give us a though. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Um, so if we're trying to position wrestling as a, as a shoot, doing a match like this completely undermines that. Now, look, I know I sound like Jim Cornette, where I'm just like, where I'm trying to say like, it, well, it, it's supposed to be real. We're supposed to let all the people think that it's real. And it's like, no, I know the uh, the cat's out of the bag. Wrestling's a work. But that being said, part of what made us all wrestling fans in the first place was that facade. And when you break down the facade. All of a sudden, we're just doing like weekly episodic TV, uh, not unlike a soap opera. So it's I I don't like it uh, because it's like okay, you're punching somebody in the face throughout the course of an entire match, but now that we're in a cage and we're actually wearing padding on our hands instead of having bare fists, now it hurts. Like now it's about to knock somebody out, and so I just think I think the entire concept undermines it. You know, if you're gonna do something in a cage, I think you should have the cage for the look, but then just work a match inside the cage. I really disagree on this one. I think uh, I think it was such a cool presentation. I think uh, the elements of mixing in uh, MMA in the cage and even like the camera shots really felt UFC esque. 
you know, and how they were doing it. And um, overall, I thought they really did a nice job at blending. Like they didn't go full MMA. Like they kept pro wrestling into it. And I thought that was a really nice tie to it that kind of, I think in certain ways contradicts your point that like, sure. Okay. Punches and kicks and stuff like that. Um, I don't know, Marcus, they still punches and kicks still matter in wrestling. And I don't think that really like shined a light, you know, negatively on wrestling when they did it in the MMA cage. And um, I just think it was a different element. Like, Wardlow had to adjust his style, like from a story perspective, had to adjust his style to Hager's MMA style. And I think that, um, I think they did a good job at pulling that off. And I think it was a nice, a really, really nice blend of MMA, the MMA style outlook uh, presentation with pro wrestling. And I think Wardlow did a very nice job at tying pro wrestling in to the MMA octagon. Um, I like the aspects of having corner men too, like Jericho and Spears. I thought they pulled off really well. And it was, I mean, if I had to choose probably a favorite moment of the night, it was the opener of this one. I thought it was really well done. Yeah. I didn't like it, man. I just not my cup of tea. And I don't know, maybe that's what separates me from uh, other modern wrestling fans, but yeah, I, you know, it, I just can't get Pat. Well, first of all, Ward looked like an absolute beast. Uh, and I love it, like the hairstyle. He had it like tied back in like braids. He was like barefoot. You know, it's, I was, when I saw that, I was like, Ward should just always dress like this. He looks awesome. Um, that being said though. Um, yeah, I, I understand your rationale, but to me, Dom, it just, I think it undermines professional wrestling. I think uh, all of a sudden it's just like, okay, uh, these guys are going to pretend to fight uh, for real though. And it's like that. The concept. No, I didn't get that. The concept doesn't make sense to me. Um, I just, I don't know, man. I can't get behind it. And I, I, I don't think I was crazy about it back in the day when Ken Shamrock was doing a Lions Den match or whatever they called it. Yeah, just because it's like, okay, what it what sets this apart? Okay, the cage. So that's cool. I think that's a cool concept. But like, what we we're kind of shooting. We're sort of not shooting. And I, I just. I, I didn't like it, man. I didn't like it. I honestly don't think like it like took away from wrestling. I did. I just did not get that. Like any impression of it. I just thought it was a neat, a neat, uh, it enhanced like, or not enhanced, but it added a different feel to, to everything. And I think that's very good to do with a pro wrestling product. And it's still, kept the tone of pro wrestling overall. Like you had the end of the match angles. You had, you know, Wardlow doing her Rana. You'd had him like, you know, uh, leaping off the cage and, and do doing like a, that Superman punch. I thought it was really, really well done. And yeah, I just think they embraced it and they didn't, they didn't like, yeah, the, there wasn't that difference of, okay, shoot. And then, Hey, we're going back to wrestling next. It was like, Hey, this is a different, way that th- we're going about wrestling this week and uh here's the, a different presentation here's a different feel that you might get from ufc but uh here's our wrestlers doing doing their thing and uh i thought it was just i like too how they didn't make it predictable where they went three rounds and they went to a decision or something like that i kind of liked how uh you know wardlow dominated nearing the end of the first round and then uh like J- hager was quote unquote saved by the bell and then uh second round Hager makes him pass out I thought it was pretty cool I don't know just well, I don't know we're, I think we're gonna have to agree to disagree I just yeah. I don't like it if they're gonna get inside a cage like that and just work a regular match and maybe like use the cage or whatever then cool but they presented this like it was an MMA fight uh and I didn't like it okay Marcus uh well somebody else had another fight and that was Darby Allen he was in a handicap match uh, what did you think of him uh, just taking Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, the men of the year, uh, just singles? Nobody came out. Well, I predicted maybe it was Lance Archer going to come out. Uh, maybe we were pr- kind of guessing that surprises ha- a surprise debut happening or something like that. None of that happened. Darby Allen fought them. He was very scrappy, uh, but he ultimately he lost. So what did you think of all that happening? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's almost like uh... – 
I, I feel like it was like they ran out of ideas or Sting maybe couldn't make it this week or whatever. So they're like, oh, I don't know. Like, let's just do a handicap match. So it's like it was – I don't know that it really proves a point. I guess it's like the point is that Darby's tough, you know, and he rises up in the face of a challenge, you know. So that's like some good baby face stuff, I guess. But, um, yeah, I mean, that, that match was just kind of like there for me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of handicap matches in the first place. Uh, this one was fine. Um, it's, I don't know. It's just, it, it was just like a Derby match. You know, I think that Ethan page looked really good in the match. He, he's kind of popping off the screen for me. Scorpio sky is always awesome. So I don't know. This was like, this was one of those matches. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It was just like, there was a wrestling match, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah. What I, I'm, I mean, like, I'm kind of with you. I like, I liked the match overall, but I thought like, I think Darby being in the handicap match kind of created some expectations maybe that, you know, went unanswered, if you will, like, because, you know, you, you just kind of thought like, okay, something's going to happen where Darby's going to either come in with a partner or, you know, whatever. And I thought it was, right. you know, so I think there was that kind of uh, uh, expectation going on. Uh, Darby, I think they, I think they told a good story. Um, I was kind of surprised about the whole zip tie thing. Like that kind of came out of nowhere and, uh, that like did they did i miss something was that like uh did they kind of hint at that earlier in the match before it happened because he just kind of came out of nowhere with the set of the zip ties and and it became a factor in the match you know i don't know if you missed it i did too dumb i had no idea where that came from and i i thought the same thing i think the zip ties are like the perfect uh way to sort of like describe that match right where it's just like it just it just happened and it wasn't like a bad thing that happened it's just like it just happened and that's how I, that's how i look at the match you yeah. know it was just like okay it just just happened dj saying darby should have gotten someone to tag with like returning phoenix or something absolutely because then the match makes sense right yeah. uh, like then all of a sudden it's like oh okay that's why he felt confident coming out by himself without sting you know, against these two, against these two alleged badasses, you know, so it's, I don't know. The only thing that this match accomplished, like I said, was it, okay. It proves to us that Darby is tenacious, which we already knew. Yeah. Like, yeah, it didn't do anything necessarily to further anything. And, you know, I really thought like the indirect, well, not the, well, the loose ties that Lance Archer has with sting and stuff like that really played into like, Hey, Lance is going to show up and help him out. And that we got a little bit of Lance later on through that like short video uh, thing with uh, Jake Roberts cutting a little promo. What'd you think of that real quick before we in, inside that old dentist office that you passed down there in Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah, down in Jacksonville. You <laughs> might be right. That could have been what it was inside. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, uh, I thought it was good. You know, I love Jake on the mic always. I, I think that that's always been his, his strongest suit and he was a great wrestler, but you know, an even stronger talker. Um, I, I don't know about the whole like frantic pacing the uh, archer in the background all the time thing where that gets a little bit annoying for me, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it, I, as DJ is saying here, uh, bringing Lance in as a, as uh, Darby's partner, I think it, it would have been better suited because then all of a sudden we get the dynamic like, Oh, okay. Like Lance and Darby are going to start hanging out. Well, wait a minute. Sting, Sting and Jake used to have a feud. Uh, do they still have like a little residual heat? Uh, look like they did earlier in the year, you know? So it's like, I, I think that that's something where it's, we can kick that can down the road all of a sudden. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting distracted by the comments. Dave South is trying to spam us with his new content. What about Charlie Shahas getting punched in the face? <laughs> I blocked him. <laughs> so. DJ's calling him out on his shoes. Like, dude, stop. Dave, stop spamming. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, sorry, that distracted me. But in any case, yeah, like it was a good promo. Uh, I think the Jake shined more than Lance, which is not supposed well, to happen. I, you know, I, I kind of, I think it'll play more into it. I, I do love the erratic Lance just like pacing like an irate, like angry tiger almost. Um, so here's, but, the, here's the thing though, is like, are we supposed to have the impression that this is always Lance? Like no matter what, like he wakes up first thing in the morning, he's like making his breakfast and he's like, I need to kick the shit out of somebody. Like he's in that zone. Yeah. Why all not? The time. Why not? So, okay. Uh, I don't know. I'd like to see other layers of Lance Archer. I'm sure I, we would get more. I would also like to see other layers of Orange Cassidy, and I'm really excited to talk about that match. Okay, let's do it now because I had that uh, on the list here. Orange Cassidy going up against uh, uh, Cesar Bononi uh, and uh, with the wingman at his side. And then, obviously, Orange has the best friends in Chris Statlander. 
Uh, Mark, uh, let's get your thoughts on this, baby. Uh, I'm confused by what DJ's saying here. Sorry, I thought you were just being one of those annoying trolls, Dave. He was, dude. <laughs> I blocked him. <laughs> yeah, for now. No, I, I don't know. He's just trying to get his, his own content over. It looks like he has like some kind of a new blog or something. Um, well, uh, Dominic, I think that this wingman wingman versus OC feud is absolute dog shit. Uh, the feud was dog shit. The match was maybe worse than even the notion of the feud. Um, it was awful. Nothing short of awful. The whole thing. One of the worst segments I've ever seen on Dynamite. Uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Um, it, it was cold. It was directionless. It was just a stupid concept in the first place. Um, I, I think the fact the wingmen were spray tanning and faux hawking Orange Cassidy, they're trying to do like a faux hawk and like get, it's like, what are these people's objectives exactly? Um, and, and by the way, Orange's buddies, they're, they're, he's getting like abused by these guys. Allegedly they're spray tanning him and like giving him a faux hawk and, and the best friends are just over there like, yeah. <laughs> like, like they're within distance where they could attack and do something. They're just like, "What's going on?" Uh, he's fine. He's all right. He'll make it. <laughs> I would hope. I would hope that if I was being accosted by a group of gentlemen in like a club, that my buddies would come over and do something. <laughs> These guys are like spray tanning me without my consent <laughs> and faux hawking me. It's like uh, you're put into Night at the Roxbury where you're being bumped in between. Like, who me 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 him you you, you. and the guy's like just bumping you back and. <laughs> and the match it just got worse and worse dude like uh what's his name uh the guy that i really like damn no the other guy the jd drake jd drake he got into the ring near the end and he was scared off by chris statlander i love chris statlander but this guy's supposed to be like this big legitimate shooter of a of a guy at least that was initially his gimmick when he came in looking like kind of a badass like dude it was it was fucking horrible dj's wondering do you guys uh see cassie turning heel at all enjoying the wingman god i hope not no I god don't. i hope not not at all not at uh, all i don't like him in the first place i would hate him in that group you don't like Orange um, Cassie in the first place? I, I you know this about me, Dom. No, I kidding. just thought you were like uh not like I didn't know you didn't like him. Jeez, I, I love mean, Orange Cassie. Uh, so look, I, I think it's a cool character, but it's like I told you before, I think he's cool in the way that Goldberg was cool, where it was like, okay, nineteen ninety eight was a banger of a year for Goldberg. But uh, what what else does this guy have? Um, wow. we were seeing, we were seeing one dimension of Goldberg. Now, look, I still love Goldberg to this day because of that run. And I still really like Orange Cassidy because well, you of, just said you don't like him. I, I don't like, I don't like what he's turning into. So let me, I, when he first came in, I was like, this guy's great. He's funny. He's hilarious. I love it. You know, but like what, and you and I've had this discussion before, what works on the indies doesn't necessarily work on national television because we are exposed to it every single week. He's not going from territory to territory doing the shtick where it's brand new to whatever crowd he's in front of. Now you're in front of a national audience that watches dedicated week to week and like, okay, the shtick is good, but it's. You know, I, I love, like, let's say I love one particular segment on SNL, like, is Celebrity Jeopardy. I love I love Celebrity Jeopardy. But if they showed it to me every week, Dominic, I wouldn't care about it anymore. Well, Marcus, I mean, you're kind of comparing apples and oranges here. Wrestling is different. Uh, you're going to get, uh, and it's same like with the, like, it's more in comparison to, like, a soap opera where it's going to be like, you're going to get Victor Newman week in and week out on Young and the Restless. Uh you're gonna get Orange Cassidy weekend weekend. But, but we're seeing we're seeing different layers of Victor Newman. Like we're seeing Are angry. We, I mean, we're seeing, Newman, we're seeing on, angry Victor Newman. We're seeing him like trying to like one up somebody. <laughs> that, like Orange Cassidy, we're just seeing we're seeing the same thing all the time. And like it, I, I don't know. It's Mark. I think, dude, not. dude, and probably the worst the worst part of all was the end when Caesar's like knocked out and Peter Avalon. <laughs> over him. like yes the visual is funny but like i dude th that's not that's not pro wrestling as i always knew it marcus all right i think you're making mountain out of molehill all of this here honestly because you even said it was a feud it's not a feud this is like a one-off thing it's like this is like the flavor of the week for orange Cassidy. that he's going against these guys uh, these weirdos that fucking like tried to jazz him up for some reason, claim him up with all this fucking spray tan and the jacket and all that stuff. It was just like a moment of the week here. It's not, it, this is nothing that's going to linger. It's not going to be an ongoing feud. I think it's just here and now it's gone. So it was just a moment for, to kind of get orange over it. Now, if they, they really played into it and made this more of a feud, I'd be like, no, no, we want to see more of orange. We want to see him like, okay, orange is funny. And he's his own, like, enigma kind of character. Uh, 
on himself like and like you don't need added humor onto that you don't need two funny things happening week in and week out here we need he needs to get away from that and you know i think there's just a little moment here and then we're gonna we're moving on like it's uh dj's wondering which one uh do you think will be a possible love interest for Statlander if AEW decides to possibly go that route? I don't know. I'd like to see that layer of orange. There's there's a new layer, a new flavor of orange Cassidy. It's like boyfriend. Statlander had a crush on him, and orange was just like orange, where it's just like sure, you know. I, 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 so, I'm kind of get okay. behind that. I think so there, there could be a new flavor. Um, Dominic, and so this is this might be a tough question. I'm I'm honestly wondering what your answer is going to be. Okay, aside from the David Arquette thing. Name something that Vince Russo did that was worse than this. G Bagwell on a pole. Judy Bagwell on a pole was worse than uh, a bunch of guys assaulting yes. another man. Hang yes. on. Assaulting another man it's, outside of the ring. Yes. And spray tanning him. Marcus, it's, it's. And trying to give him a faux hawk. 100%. I could. 100%, Marcus. I don't, I don't know. How about, how about Vince Russo coming out and fucking that whole, like. You know, you'll never, you're never gonna see that piece of shit again. <laughs> Those are awful, Marcus. Awful, awful, awful. I, I could argue that this was right up there. No, with Marcus, this is like small level. Like what Vin, what Vince Russo was doing, especially with that Hogan. You'll never see that piece of shit again in the ring. Is <laughs> like main was pictured in a main event on pay per view. There's nothing. Mark, it's that's so out of place. I think it's like and Judy Bagwell on the pool. Jesus Christ, uh, pardon my Lord's name in vain there, but geez, oh man, like that's how can you get uh, somebody's wrestler, the mother on a pole or Viagra on a pole? It's ridiculous, Mark. It's ridiculous. Yeah, to to think to put that in that camp, you are way off base this week. I cannot wait to hear what Jim Cornette has to say about it on his podcast because well, honestly, Dominic, I, I hold it. I hold it in that same regard because it is it it is Vince Russo bad. No, if it was week in and week out, I I, I would be with you. Like I, you know, I know it was it was kind of hovering on that thing of like, okay, let's not get too too muddied up here. But ultimately, who, who I pitched that? Who pitched that and who approved it? Like, is Dean Malenko back there going like, all right, what are you guys gonna do during your segment? Sounds great. Get out there. <laughs> like I, I cannot picture Dean Malenko saying that. Hey, we didn't uh, mention him getting slugged either. Yeah. How about this? So there was there was some compelling stuff. Like I said, like the look of the the match. I loved the opener. I love the look of it. Love the look of both participants. Loved loved the end. You know where MJF is coming in. He's coming after Jericho. You know, like love all that stuff. But the match itself, I just feel like it's unsustainable. Not good for wrestling. But agree to disagree, but and I agree to disagree on. Man, we are at odds this week because uh, I just I'm I'm, I'm, I was at odds with this program, dude. I'm not smelling what you're stepping in, motherfucker. Um, hmm. I think what we won't be at odds though is this Miro and Brian Pillman Jr. Love it, love it. That was one of the better segments, and by the way, one of the better matches leading up to that segment. Um, oh my gosh, I kind of disagree, but go oh, ahead. Go dude, ahead. Penelope Ford is unbelievable unbelievable athlete uh really really great ring presence great look i mean some of the stuff that she's able to do um i think that she did what daniel bryan used to call the cow mutilation or something for cattle the mutilation. cattle mutilation for the uh for the finish uh, just like she is awesome she's very good she's very good uh there was that moment in the corner the, the reason that i kind of was disagreeing with you is because there was that moment in the corner i think where it was just like very awkward like I think it was Penelope Sunset flipped over Julia Hart and stuff like that. Yeah, and there, there's you know weird transitions, and I don't think that she's a finished product. Penelope Ford, that no, is I don't. And absolutely, Julia Hart's not yet. She's only nineteen. No. I didn't even know that. No, they're both really young, and uh, I think that the more time that they spend around people like Dustin, um, Thunder Rosa, Serena Deeb, yeah. you know, all of a sudden they're. I mean, they're going to be the two future stars we're looking at. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I'd like, um, yeah, the match just kind of like, it just wasn't, it didn't all click. So, but uh, I did think, uh, you know, Penelope Ford looked very good. And like Julia Hart's going to be a lot of fun too, to, uh, going along with the varsity blonde. I think that's such an excellent pairing with those guys. Yeah. And we're getting, we're getting a feud here. Uh, probably a one week uh, blow off, but you know, uh, flying Brian's probably flying. Brian's probably going to do the honors for Miro. Oh, for and, sure, uh, yeah. 
And I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's a really cool idea. You know, Brian Pillman Jr. very very talented in the ring. Miro, uh, one of the most engaging parts of Dynamite by a long shot this week, and is you know on a on a normal basis. Um, so it was good. It was very good. Yeah. No, I enjoyed it. Um, it was this now was brief, but uh, obviously they they hyped this up the the week before was uh, Andrade speaking with good old Jr. Yep. Uh, short. Um, Andrade is obviously, you know, English is not his first language, but, uh, I think that was, you know, already, already going into it. We knew that. So what'd you think of this whole, uh, short moment here going on? So here's the thing is, uh, I don't, I don't know much about Andrade whatsoever. Um, coming into this, like I saw him work a match in WWE, um, one match once, I think I was just flipping through and I happened to catch it and I was like, yeah, that guy's really good, you know? And, and that was like sort of where, where I left things. And then I of course tried to stay away from WWE cause I hate what they're doing. Um, but so I didn't realize that he, uh, was not yet 100% fluent in English. Um, so when he was doing this interview, I was like, oh man, this guy, like, you know, it, uh, now it makes sense why they're putting him with somebody like Vicky Guerrero, the perfect mouth mouthpiece for this guy. You know, and obviously, you know, the more time he spends uh, speaking the English language, it's, it's like anything else. The more time you spend doing it, the the better you get at it. So I, I think that he will turn into a strong promo. I think that he already did a very strong promo for having English as his second second language. Um, but, you know, I think that it's it's a good idea to pair him with somebody like Vicky, who's such an unbelievable talker. Here's the thing, too, is at the end of it, he said, hey, I'm and Vicky have a surprise. So what do you think that surprise is? Could it be? Lena Vega, aka Thea Trinidad. Yeah, I mean, let's let's turn it to uh, any anybody and everybody who's in the chat here. Um, who do you guys think? Yeah, I, I think it could be um, Dom. I wouldn't be real surprised if uh, it was somebody who you and I spoke about last week, uh, and that's Chavo. That'd be kind of cool. I think uh, it'd be really cool. That'd be kind of cool. You know, uh, every you'd still get that kind of thing, like oh, WWE liar, that kind of bullshit, but. You know, if it if you, the, it makes sense, then then do it. You know, and heck, you know, yeah, you're right. Like Chavo, obviously, you know, the nephew of Eddie, uh, Vicky, the widow of Eddie. So, kind of does make sense. I'd be yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of Vicky, they teased it. Uh, I don't know if it's next week or the June thirtieth show, but she is supposed to be tagging up with Nyla Rose. Against Britt Baker and uh, Reba, a.k.a. Today, Junior. Mark, is Vicky going to actually get in the ring? I think she will, but I think it's going to be very short-lived. I doubt if she'll take any bumps. Uh, I would guess that, you know, she'll probably get into like some kind of like a hair pull, spill it to the outside, uh, right as the finish is about to happen. Oh, the DJ says it's next week, so that's good. Okay. Oh, week. okay. Um, yeah, uh, it definitely uh, produces intrigue because one thing I did not think is uh, Vicky was going to be in a match when she signed with AEW. I just, you know, I mean, I, she did compete like at WWE a couple of times, but uh, did not think that was going to happen here. Uh, so, no, it kind of does add an element of intrigue to it. And uh, the fact that it's uh, Britt Baker and uh, Rebel uh, doing it up it should be kind of a fun. They can make the most of it, I think. No so, doubt about it. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm anxious to see it. Uh, you know, it's I, is it going to be a five-star, you know, Tokyo Dome masterpiece? Probably not, but, you know, I, I think it'll be entertaining TV. Yeah. Uh, well, as far as what do you think of this? I the, the main event was the Elite, the Elite Hunter Versus the elite hunter Frankie Kazarian, Eddie Kingston, and Penta L Zero Neodo, Marcus, um, really good promo I thought uh, earlier in the evening with Frankie, uh, Eddie, and Penta, and then um, let's get your thoughts on that, and then ultimately the follow through with the main event. Yeah, I mean, good promo. I th I think that really though the my biggest takeaway is that you know Frankie Kazarian uh, he looked like a million bucks out there, you know. I, yeah. I've, I've, I've kind of just been like, you know, you and I were at the first AEW event and, and the, the opening match was uh, SCU. Uh, and I can't remember who they were taking on. It might have been Dark Order, uh, Stu Grayson and Evil Uno. It was something like that. But um, 
so Frankie Kazarian came out and I was just like, yeah, it's Frankie, you know, TNA, Frankie Kazarian. Like I know him, I know what he does. It's there, there he is, you know, <laughs> but, but, uh, and I've sort of had that attitude toward him, uh, since this whole thing started. Uh, but now it's like, okay, this is a different layer of Frankie Kazarian, you know? Um, it's like, okay, he's reinventing himself a little bit. Uh, so I, th- I thought it was interesting. It grabbed me, grabbed my attention. Um, and yeah, so I, I think that he really shined more than anybody else in this entire match. Yeah. And I, I don't want to overstate this too much, but I feel Frankie Kazarian, I think for me right now is the most intriguing part of AEW for me. Cause I like the aspect I just really like that story of like uh, a solo man on a mission, you know, uh, you know, making, you know, going after it and almost like this, um, you know, hitman thing slash Max Payne. I, I made those comparisons several times. Max Payne, uh, Frank Castle, aka Punisher, like that kind of vibe going with them. And I think I like how they're slow playing it. Like they're not really going all out with the, like him, him doing it, you know, where it's like a huge, huge aspect of the show. I like how they're like slow, slow bleeding it, trickling it in. And um, this was a good way to do that. And um, his new theme, his look, everything like that is really clicking for me. I think uh, I was really happy, you know, seeing him be able to do get in the main event picture. Cause like he had that match. Who was it with? Maybe it was Christian. Um, no, he had another match almost. Did he fight Kenny or somebody where he like really stood out and like, it was just like a good shining moment for him to say, hey, like, like Frankie still can go, man. And uh, I can't remember who it was. Might it might've been uh, Chris Daniels supposed retirement match there against the young bucks. I don't know. No, no, it was a singles match. Frankie had like, I want to say a couple months ago or something. Oh, hey, so DJ saying Vicky will probably get the pin, and so I'd like to amend my statement about her spilling to the outside. Uh, I think he's right. I think that Nyla's gonna, uh, you know, get over on uh, Reba, and and Vicky will come in and get the pin. Um, but yeah, uh, I I'm enjoying this version of Frankie Kazarian. Like I said, it's it's the first thing that's really turning the dials for me uh, when it comes to him. So I'm I'm anxious to see where it goes. You know, hopefully they've got like some kind of a long term plan here. But, uh, you know, yeah, he's still got it. You know, his, his like, I don't know what you call it, like a springboard leg drop is something to see, oh, man. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's, that's a really cool move. And, you know, the dude has still got it 100%. So I'm, I'm anxious and uh, thankful to see a new layer of Frankie Kazarian here. Yeah, yeah. it'll be cool to see him go on this run. I'm, so, I'm really curious about how they're going to develop it, where it's going to go, and what will ultimately be the payoff for So. Uh, uh, Dom, before we get into what DJ just brought up, uh, Arn Anderson's son, are we going to talk about uh, the uh, Kenny Omega segment with Jungle Boy backstage? I do have that on here. Do you want to talk about that right now? Yeah, if, you, if you're ready. Let's do it. What? Uh, yeah, what did you think of that uh, short yet uh, different, <laughs> I guess, uh, segment going on? I think it was my favorite segment of the night. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was really cool. I, I just like the uh, the idea of Kenny like kind of baiting him and and like uh, the crowd and myself included. And like I love Kenny Omega, but as I'm watching, him, I'm like, yeah, punch him, yeah, yeah. swing on this dude. Free, free he, he's giving you a free shot, knock him out. You know, like I was I was all excited. And then of course, like when he's about to, you know, Nakazawa interferes and. You know, it's just like great heel stuff. Great, like cowardice shown by Kenny, and like the punctuation point is at the end where they're climbing into the cart, and that was I was trying to get in and Kenny <laughs> like, throws him to the wolves. <laughs> it was, it was just great stuff. Really great stuff. Yeah, no, I I did like it too, and I you know, um, I like too. Like Jungle Boy's just him. Like he's not putting on any airs, and like he doesn't seem like he's really forcing like this kind of identity of like oh he's a baby face it's like this is jungle boy and like he's like kind of like he's low-key you know and i don't think that's that's a bad thing and uh but like he's he's getting fired up against kenny but yeah man it was pretty entertaining did you happen to see i might have retweeted it was like somebody uh put like a grand theft auto overlay to it <laughs> yeah i did see that <laughs> really funny I'll, I'll tell you man week after week kenny omega is just like he's nailing it absolutely nailing it 
and like this week was no exception like i think you know we're trying to feature jungle boy here a little bit where it's like okay he's this rising star but like a guy like kenny on the screen uh with him especially this version of kenny it's like he doesn't stand a chance kenny's just gonna steal the scene every single time and he did this time around it was great did an awesome job uh dj he sees jungle boy actually winning uh i do not i i think that, I don't either, but... yeah i think kenny's gonna go over but he's gonna put a really nice shine on jungle boy because uh, i know that everybody in that company loves and respects jungle boy and sees what they have in him and, and... dude i'm predicting i predicted i'm predicting i predicted last week uh jungle boy will kick, be the first to kick out of the one-winged angel i i think it's a crazy crazy, crazy. Uh, yeah, idea big. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I will say, you know, if that's what they want to do is get him over as a future talent, you know, him kicking out of that finish would be something. Get him over, and not only that, but it'd stick it to the craw, like in the craw of, of Kenny Omega. And like, and that's why, that is, by the way, why it's so important to protect your finisher in pro wrestling, because like it, all of a sudden, if somebody does kick out of it, you're like, I mean, think of the crowd pop. Yeah, I mean, the the place is going to come unglued if he kicks out of Kenny's finish. And that's back to when they have a – they're in Texas for that, right? I, I don't know. I think they're in Texas, new live crowd, on the road again, I like June 30th. I want to say that's like their first Texas show in Austin or something. Yeah, they're going to be in front of a really excited crowd. It's just yeah, – yeah, it's exciting. Perfect, dude. perfect time to, for someone to kick out of the one-winged angel. No doubt. All right. Well, I uh, hope it happens. Yeah. Marcus, so uh, we talked about it briefly at a second, uh, Brock Anderson's debut. Uh, first off, hey, speaking of Father's Day, Cody Rhodes and Brady Rhodes had, it, had their baby Liberty. Congratulations, awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, happy Father's Day to Cody. Unbelievable uh, good name, too. Good name. I like yeah. Liberty. Unbelievable feeling to be a father, and, uh, you know, certainly a, a girl dad, is, is it's a big deal. So I'm, I'm happy for him. Yeah, and you know what? I don't know if the, this was intentional or not, but. Uh, Dusty Rhodes' favorite movie was The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. That's, I got, got to say, so, it's probably got something to do with it. Might have something to do with it. So, uh, Marcus, but to the task at hand here, Brock Anderson's debut. Uh, what'd you, how'd you think he came across? Uh, how do you think the presentation was? And uh, how, just how it all played out? I thought he did fine. Uh, you could kind of see Cody helping him a lot throughout the match and kind of leading him through things a little bit. Uh, but I, I thought he did fine. Um, I think he needs to improve his physique. You know, the thing is, he doesn't have to be like this big ripped, you know, abs guy. But his dad, for example, like his dad was never, you know, like this this body guy. But like he, he was a beefy dude. Like sure. he had big traps, big shoulders. Like he looked like a, a dude who could who could whoop your ass. You know, so uh, Brock, I don't, I don't think he's there yet. I hope that they're, they've got him on a, a weightlifting plan. Uh, but he's, his ring skills seem fine. He's got really good snap, I noticed, when he had that guy in the corner and he was yeah. just snapping those shoulders into him. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, I, I don't think that he botched anything. I don't think that he stood out. It was just, again, it was just like it was a match. You know, it was only significant because of who his dad was. Hopefully he can kind of uh, break out a little bit and, you know, make a name for himself. Yeah, you know, and I think this is so such very, very early stages of Brock. So, I mean, like, it's there's plenty of time to build, plenty of time for him to, like, get into the pro wrestling shape and everything like that. I think this was just like a little teaser where it's like you look at, I was I was thinking about this today, like ahead of the podcast, and like just while I was at my other job here, and I was thinking, you know, uh, people are going to criticize Brock so the way he's look his physique or whatever, but I mean, look at uh, look at look at early pictures of like Ric Flair, you know, where he's like, you know, heavy, it just does not look like Ric Flair, or like you look at uh, it just guys in the earlys working on the indies, like uh, perfect example here is T.J. Wilson. Like, you know, uh, also Tyson Kidd, you know, I saw him uh, in 2004 match in MLW where he's tagging with uh, Davey Boy Smith Jr. And like, he's just, he's not out of shape by any means whatsoever, but he's like, you know, he doesn't have that pro wrestler, like, you know, WWE chiseled look at that juncture, you know, so it's just, uh, it's not a big deal. Again, you know, I mean, he'll get there, and I think that his skills are going to improve week after week. And you know, I thought QT Marshall using the spine buster on uh, on yeah, a cool spot. Yeah, yeah. What do you? Th how are you thinking about QT week in and week out here? Is it what's what's going on with in that regards to that for you? It's something for him, you know. Uh, it's like at least at least we have something before the I, he was only identifiable because he would come out and take a bite out of an apple for some reason. 
Um, so that was like feature. his only real identifiable feature. Yeah. Um, so now it's like, okay, we, we've got something that you can like kind of sink your teeth into as far as an angle for him is concerned. What a pun that is. Uh, Marcus. Yeah. Is he, is he more engaging to you? Like is it overall? I, yeah, I think so. Um, I, I don't know what kind of future, uh, he's, he's got with this gimmick. I don't know how long this thing could last, but you know, for right now, I, I think it's 100% the most compelling thing he's done on TV and, you know, it's uh, his feud with Cody's been entertaining. I, I and I like the idea that it's like he doesn't, he's not that good as a wrestler, but he's good at training other people to do it. So, uh, so he kind of like, uh, you know, leverages that against Cody. Yeah. I, it's kind of almost like a godfather slash, uh, like Oracle and Batman slash, like, yeah, somebody. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of like that. It's a, it's a good way to, it's a unique way to get a heel like going. Like that, I don't think we've kind of seen like a guy that's, you know, he can train people, and he's got the, you know, he's got the work rate of it, but he's like ultimately can't win matches or stuff like that. I think it's just a neat kind of right neat way to do he it. How to teach it, not how to do it. Exactly. Uh, okay, we're almost finished up here. Uh, what did I want to cover real quick, Marcus? Uh, this is non dynamite related, but it is you. You happened to I shared this with you. And I'm sure you saw it on maybe even social media before I even shared it with you was the little clip of the AEW console game uh, that went on, like just a little bit of the gameplay and then Darby Allen. I'm pretty excited for it. And even in that little clip, it just the gameplay looked like very tangible, like <laughs> really pick up and play kind of fun, like aspect, almost N64-esque, if you will. Uh, get, yeah, I want to get your brief thoughts on that. Yeah, looked very playable. Um, looked like good fighting mechanics. It was made by Ukes. Um, I believe that Ukes made Here Comes the Pain. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, Ukes is obviously a great game developer. So, I mean, yeah, they've they've signed on with with a winner here in Ukes, and I, I, things are things are looking damn good. Uh, Dom, I want to touch on what DJ just said here. I want to see Brock turn heel and feud with Cody. Uh, exactly. Yes, that's also what I want to see. You know what I want to oh. see? I like. I want to see like Brock go away for a while. Like, okay, we got a taste of him here, but I want to see him go away and then turn heel on Cody. Sure. Um, and I've, I've said this a few times, uh, but I'll say it again. I, I think that one of the most compelling, easy storylines that you can do is that Cody, his thing is like, there's more than one Royal family in wrestling. Like, why aren't some of these other second generation wrestlers coming out saying like, why, why is your family the Royal family? You know, Joe Hennig to me is the perfect marriage because he's like, Hey, you're, you know, you're the, the grandson of a plumber. I'm the grandson of a pro wrestler. Like pro wrestling has been in my bloodline for three generations, you know? Um, So I, I think that something like that could be really cool um and and let him get a little faction of dudes like let let brock brock join his faction and be like yeah like i'm with him like why are you the 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 royal family of wrestling my dad was a wrestler my dad beat the crap out of your dad yeah yeah. you know so uh i i think it's i think it's a easy ready-made storyline make brock the aw version of brock lesnar sure if he gets big and beefy like his dad did or even better yet big and beefy like brock lesnar absolutely yeah, it's, I mean, that's a tough go. Like, nobody's – you. Brock is, like, one of a kind, so it's yeah. kind of hard to replicate. A one there. of one. Yeah, yeah. But, no, to me, that's the easiest storyline to, to do with Cody, and it's the kind of storyline that you could drag out forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you definitely could. It's uh, Yeah, it's, uh, it's something that's definitely tangible for that. Um. All right, Mark, Uh. real quick. This went across the news wire uh, over the course of the week. Our boy Butcher saves a chipmunk. Uh, I think there's a baby face turn in the mix for Butcher. Um, and Blade, you know, I think people really like Butcher. Obviously, we're Butcher guys, so uh, and we've been for quite a while, but I think, um, you can maybe have a good tag team baby face run with these two before, like, and we're always about like Butcher being put to the main event level at some point because he's got that look and presence. Um, I think you get, I think. What do you think? Maybe a baby face run for Butcher coming up? Well, I, I wouldn't be surprised because to me, Dominic, the natural marriage is Butcher, Bunny, and Blade with Alistair Black when he comes in. Yeah, um, that's a great point. And uh, Alistair Black is not going to come in as a heel because too many people like him. So, yep. yeah, I, I think that, uh, that it's an inevitability at this point. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you, man. I think uh, 
He just, I think, and you know what? When the live crowds get back and he returns to the ring, I think Butcher's going to be a hot pop. I think he is. I think so too. Love, I've, I've loved the Butcher from the start. Unbelievable look. Um, needs maybe a little bit of polish on his ring skill, but not much. The dude is good. And like his his little running cross body thing yeah, looks man. devastating. Just like really jumps off the screen as a character. I, I think I think he's a main event star already as it stands. I agree with you. And you know what? Like ring work is great, obviously, like, you know, but it's not the end all be all to be a pro. You, wrestler. Don't, you don't necessarily need it. And by the way, I, I'm not saying he's bad. He's not. No. I'm just saying, like, if he wants to reach the upper, upper, upper echelon, you know, like a little extra polish and that dude's right where he needs to be. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, cool. Any final thoughts uh, that we didn't cover before we get to not only your belts rating, but our MVPs? No, dude. Uh, I think you, we were very concise this week. You did a nice job. I see. Yeah, you're putting the pressure on me to do it, and I did it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, do we want to jump into my rating? Yeah, let's uh, let's hit your rating, Marcus's Melter rating here. Let's see what you think. Uh, what overall do you give the show there? You already kind of hinted at it from the kickoff, so I'm not expecting a high rating. Uh, no, you're not going to get one, Dom. You know, DJ just hit the nail on the head. Penelope Ford had a match with Julia Hart, and he was really impressed with her, only 19 years of age. To me, that was that was one of the biggest highlights of the night among very few highlights. Kenny Omega uh, was a great highlight. I think that uh, uh, that little bit with Christian Cage actually being trapped in a cage, that was okay. Um, oh, geez, yeah, we didn't even talk about that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Pen- Penelope Ford uh, kind of emerging as a star. You know, there were there were a few things that were, were really good about this, for Frankie Kazarian uh, as a whole. Um, but there was just too much bad to overlook at Dominic. This week, uh, we've got a 4.4. It was a bad episode. Okay. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not with you on that. I thought it was a pretty oh, good episode for even it being late night Dynamite. I thought it was a good episode. Um, 4.4 4. 4 out of 10, and I feel I'm being generous. Jeez. Yeah, uh, I don't think you are. <laughs> uh, I think you draw a tough line with these uh, Meltzer ratings that aren't really Meltzer ratings. Uh, all right. Well, who is your MVP of this 4.4 episode? Ooh, DJ 3.2. DJ is not afraid yeah. to, to get the heat. Um, My MVP this week, Dom, I, I think I've got to just pull the trigger. Uh, Penelope Ford. Uh, wow. Yeah. Wow. You want to talk about marketability jumping off the screen? Is she a Thunder Rosa? Um, nope. Serena Deeb? Nope. Britt Baker? Nope. But uh, I think that she is climbing a ladder. I think that she's a, an ascending talent. Wow. How about that? All right. DJ gives that Julia Hart MVP. Yeah, you could you could justify it. Nineteen years old out there hanging with the big girls. I'm giving uh, my MVP Frankie Kazarian, baby. I was it was close. Frankie Frankie was a, a close one. I, I I was tempted to go Kenny Omega just for his brief segment and how hilarious it was. Yeah, well well, okay, I was between Frankie was my number one, but close second Wardlow for me. Uh I just thought I liked what he did. I thought he like I said in the earlier show episode, part of the episode, he blended I think pro wrestling with MMA cage fight style very, very well. And, uh, you know, it, it was a good tip of the cap almost and kept kept what you were kind of critical of, I think, in balance. So uh, he was my second in, in the running there. But Frankie Kazarian, my MVP this week. I'm really excited to see what they do. My favorite part of AEW going right now is Frankie Kazarian's uh, storyline that's just getting hinted at. Hey, man, Wardlow, 10 out of 10 is, is a, as a dude, wrestler, look, all of it. Uh, this match... 2.8 most of it's wow. most of it's uh most I'm, of it is atmosphere that was my match of the night was that nope yeah nope yep. not not doing it dumb not not gonna buy into the gimmick agree to fucking disagree here well mm-hmm. marcus let's plug a few things here mar uh, i think it's getting a little hot here a little hot is uh wcw rewritten man talk about that a little bit uh, yeah, WCW rewritten, really heating up, Dominic. We had a major, major debut at our last on our last episode, Uncensored 1998. Uh, some title changes, some big title changes. Um, so I'm not going to reveal too much. You got to go listen if you guys want to hear about it. But uh, but yeah, it was it's a good episode. And you know, next week we're coming in with uh, the uh, the Nitro to follow it up. So I'm excited, man. Uh, we got some fun stuff in store. Got some fun stuff. Factions. We I made some stuff. 
Uh, we had, yeah, it's uh, there's some intriguing stuff. Gold, Goldberg has earned a shot at the U.S. title. Yeah, man, what's gonna happen here? We a are heating of, up. A lot of stuff heating up on WCW. How do they follow that and everything, Marcus? Uh, yeah, you can follow that podcast at WCW Rewritten. You can follow me at Marcus De- Marcus P D'Angelo on Twitter. Uh, Dominic, how do they follow you? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Dominic D'Angelo. You can follow WrestleZone on Twitter at WrestleZone.com. You can go to WrestleZone.com for all your wrestling news needs. Now, Follow, follow this podcast at yeah. two, the number two Dynamite Dudes. Yes. Also, uh, I wanted to do a plug. We never um, – I never plugged the, the – if you listen to this on the podcast feed, you'll hear Brad Sucks, the artist that kicks off the show. And uh, somebody even asked, uh, you know – in on facebook like well, hey what's the name of the song and uh you know of of that and um geez i can't think of the name of the song actually right off the bat here but um he's got a new album out so uh just type in brad sucks on your um google <laughs> and uh you know brad sucks Bandcamp. go to that his new album's out right now i haven't gotten a chance to listen to it but i'm very excited to but it, i mean i've i've used his theme that like his some of his music since our very very early podcast that we did way like 10 years ago that is no longer available on the internet uh but yeah he's been he's been a favorite of mine for a while so give him a listen give him a follow on twitter i think he's just at brad sucks so uh do that new album out check it out um interview stuff trying to think marcus is that have i interviewed anybody uh no, at least I don't think so. Nobody's jumping on. Well, you uh you had a brief conversation with uh, Stephen P. New about Sunny. Uh, oh, so go, go read that article. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, we broke news this week. Uh, with Sunny, uh, she released a statement. She was released from prison, and after a near year long stay, she had a statement that uh, we got a hold of. So give that a read on on WrestleZone. Dang it, I thought I interviewed somebody, but maybe I'm just blanking. DJ, DJ, thanks for the follow, man. Thanks for jumping in with us. You're the only oh, one in the chat, and we we appreciate you uh, chatting with us. I think a lot of people are watching Hell in a Cell right now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, man. Thanks for thanks for choosing two down of my dudes. Yeah, that are the game seven of the playoffs. Uh, NBA playoffs. So I'm sure Chuck Taylor's watching that. 76ers and the Atlanta Hawks. Marcus, our Utah Jazz are out of the running. Ah, uh, the Jazz. I was so excited. Yeah. Yep. What a bummer. Dang it. Next year, maybe next year. <laughs> All right. Hey. We're rambling on. Yeah, give us a follow. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, always subscribe if you get an opportunity. Uh, write a review on iTunes and do all that malarkey, you know. But we appreciate you listening. Uh, it's, it's always fun to do this stuff. And, Marcus, happy Father's Day to you. Hey, thank you very much. Happy Father's Day to all the other fathers out there. And everybody just take care. We'll see you guys next week right here on Two Dynamite Dudes. With attitude, James, thanks for the plug there at the end. I uh, yeah. hope you guys are all doing well. Thank you again for joining us, guys. We'll see you next week. See you next week, guys. Thanks again. Happy Sunday, all of you.